Welcome back to another episode of Full Proof Theology. My name is Chase Davis and I'm your host. This is going to be a special release. Uh, some exciting things have been happening on the internet. And uh, one of the main figures associated with what I've been excited about, many people are excited about, is a guy over in Ireland named Jamie Bambrick. Did I get your name right, by the way, Jamie Bambrick? Perfect. Perfect. Ah, excellent. And you're in, are you in Northern Ireland? That's right. Yeah. So technically the United Kingdom, a little bit of a hot topic here as to where I am, to be honest. Uh, half the country thinks we're Irish, half thinks we're British. But yeah, we're, I'm in Northern Ireland. That's right. Okay, excellent. And are you a pastor over there? Or do you do YouTube full time? What does that look like? Yeah, I'm an associate pastor at a like a Church of Ireland church. Now, the Church of Ireland is I, I'm really there by default. We're an evangelical congregation. Uh, within the Church of Ireland. Uh, and then I actually work another job as well. And then I do YouTube on top of that. So I kind of have three jobs, um, which keeps me keeps me off the streets, as they say here, you know, keeps me busy. <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah, I was uh, wondering about your some of your background. You know, I've watched some of your videos. Uh, most famously for me was your video on the Gospel Center movement. And if you're a listener, I'm going to put a link to his YouTube in the show notes. Very compelling videos. Obviously, he's very good at his craft, unlike maybe what you're going to see on my YouTube channel. He's got graphics. He's got images. It's fast moving. It's 10 minutes. It's very digestible. So I would highly recommend his channel. Um, but I was just curious to hear more. Have you been to seminary, college? What's kind of your background in ministry? Yeah, so thank you. I firstly appreciate uh, those those compliments. I appreciate that very much. It's kind of you. And, and yeah, it's been been an interesting journey in terms of the online stuff. Yeah, so I went to a, an unaccredited Bible college in Sweden, which is a long story as to how I got there. Um, I grew up in the charismatic, um, and I, I would still be continuationist uh, in my, in my outlook. So, you know, people, and people may take issue with that. That's fine. Um, but that's, that, that's where I went to, uh, really, uh, felt like it was right. And it was the right place for me at that point in time. Uh, and then, yeah, I've, I've done a number of ministry roles. So my ministry background was primarily actually in the sort of, um, what you might call sort of mega church context. Actually, that's where I, uh, did, did quite a lot of ministry, I, I still have a lot of time for people in that movement, I, I you know, and, and have friends there and so on. Um, and I have no problem with large churches uh, as a concept, but uh, ended up um, coming out of that. And I'll not go into the, the full story in public just for the sake of the church that it was that it was connected with, but uh, ended up having to leave a role because I felt like there was a degree of compromise on the uh, cultural issues, which I feel are ultimately theological issues. So I don't believe that these are necessarily things that we can or should avoid. Um, I've been traveling in a, in a sort of more theologically, you know, reading lots of reformed guys and stuff throughout all of that as well. Um, so, you know, w would have had that in the background going on uh, and then ended up, yeah, had to, had to come out of that. And um, one of the things then that ended up happening was, was I really felt I wanted to start something online to deal with those issues, which has been uh, great. It's been a real blessing to do that. Very much wanted, though, at the same time to be involved in a local church context because I, I don't think it's healthy. I certainly don't think it'd be healthy for me anyway to just do the online thing full time, to live on the Internet. The Internet is a strange place, and I wanted to be with real people in a real church and, and connecting with them. But I've fortunately had the the privilege and blessing of being able to do both, which is wonderful. So yeah, that's, that's a sort of very short potted history of my background. 
Excellent. Uh, one question I'd be remiss not to ask because you are in Northern Ireland and I noticed it was funny. I didn't even notice this on your Twitter profile, but I, I tweeted out today, give me America or I die, which is, you know, what John Knox said about Scotland. And then yeah. you have in your Twitter bio, give me Ulster or I die. So are you uh, native born in Ireland or where are you originally from? Yeah, I'm from I'm from Belfast. So Ulster is functionally so Ireland is divided into four provinces, uh, of which Ulster is pretty much Northern Ireland for for most intents and purposes. There are three counties that lie outside of Northern Ireland, which are in the Republic, but are part of Ulster. But yeah, it's it's kind of a functionally a synonym. So yes, that's where I'm from. My wife is Bulgarian, actually, and then I lived in Sweden for five years. But um, yeah, I'm very much a Northern Irishman and. Uh, plan to remain so uh hopefully anyway you know I, I know i'll always be but but i very much feel that this is my home and this is my calling is to be here and see god do something here um there's a rich rich uh christian history in northern ireland um you go the whole way back to the irish monks a lot of that was in northern ireland but even there was a massive Presbyterian revival, really. It was largely Presbyterians in 1859, in which about one in 10 people in the province came to faith in a year. Uh, powerful stories out of that sort of, you know, a Great Awakening style revival. So um, very much want to see, hey, do you know what? We're all believing for God to do great stuff. But but this is my place and this is, this is where I'd like to see God move. Yeah, that's great. I was uh, thinking of you recently when there was something going on in, uh, I believe it was Northern Ireland, with... Um, some uh, a murder that took place and then conor mcgregor came out and spoke against uh what was going on and the immigration issues going on over there and i was like i wonder if jamie has any thoughts on this because you know people were making jokes about the napoleon uh quote i saw the crown of ireland in a gutter and i picked it up or something like that and so uh yeah so did you ever provide commentary on youtube or anything about the situation going over there with immigration and all that yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I had. Uh, so that stabbing. So that was in Dublin. So that's in the Republic of Ireland. But obviously we have very close ties with them. Uh, I mean, Dublin is 90 minutes from Belfast. So, you know, it's it's close. And uh, the issues there affect us. Um, and, and we pay a lot of attention to that. Um, yeah, I, I posted at the time and then I did a specific video actually on the Irish uh, migration situation and also slightly broader because the Irish government off the back of that, well, not just off the back of that, they've been trending in this direction, but have leveraged that to really go in a sort of very draconian anti-free speech direction. Um, that's very, very concerning. So yeah, I did. Um, I got a lot of positive feedback from people on the island. Um, a little bit of negative, as you can always expect with something like that. Um, but overwhelmingly it was, it was well received. So yeah, no, I, I wanted to do something on that. And, um, yeah, it's, it's an issue that is more severe here probably than, than in, I think you could argue it's more severe than in America. So, so one in 36 people in the Republic of Ireland has moved there in the last year, which in America, I think works out at about nine and a half million people in a year. That would be so you know that's that's the context so it's it's a huge huge shift and overwhelmingly this is not positive of course there's wonderful people who come from elsewhere but yeah this is this has been really destructive to the irish culture 
on people and economy and various other things as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great. I'll put a link to that video for you listeners so you can go check that out as well. But um, thanks for sharing all that. The main reason we got you on the show, we want to talk about the video you put out. He saves us. Um, I sent it to all my family. Um, my friends posted on social. I was just so excited to see that. And just for the listener background, we're recording this year, 2024. This is a few days after the Super Bowl, uh, the NFL Super Bowl. And so we've got uh, he gets us is an uh, campaign um, and just some background information for the listeners so that we can better appreciate what's going on. This is a ad that aired during the Super Bowl. Two ads. This is the second year they've done it. Uh, last year it was a bit murky uh, for some people to discern what was going on with the ads. You know, I was a natural cynic, and so I didn't believe the best about the ads. I kind of suspected they were up to some, something not good, even though even though we can all acknowledge that we want to proclaim Christ anywhere. And if people want to invest $14 million in an ad campaign and it was a good ad, that would be excellent work. But this is done by a nonprofit run by, it's called Come Near, based in North Carolina. They've got three guys on the board out there, um, one of which is, uh, I believe it's Mark Green, who is connected with the Hobby Lobby family. And Hobby Lobby has notoriously promoted Christian causes in America. They're closed on Sundays. They're uh, a reputable family from everything I can, I've heard. But they uh, partnered with a lot of different uh, kind of agencies and people and entities to produce this campaign called He Gets Us. So they've hired Lerma Ad Agency out of Dallas. Lerma is filled with all sorts of DEI uh, stuff. They have a whole website called Inclusivista, uh, and it's like DEI on steroids. Um, they have people there that have pronouns in their bio. They have DEI officers, so they paid them. They've also got, uh, from what, what I can tell, Mormons running this campaign. They hired a photographer who's re world-renowned in Germany, uh, featured on Vogue and other things. And if you go to that photographer's uh, you know, Instagram, which I don't recommend, there's borderline pornographic material on there that she's shot. Um, and so these are all the players that are connected. This campaign has been kind of whitewashed or whatever you want to call it, laundered through Gospel Coalition, Christianity Today. Ed Stetzer has been a consultant on the campaign. He's been somebody who's promoted it widely. And yet when many of us, many Christians saw this campaign, specifically this ad that aired during the Super Bowl, we were disturbed. I mean, even normal Christians that want to believe the best saw this and were disturbed. I guess my question first has to be for Jamie, though, where and why did you see this commercial? You're in Northern Ireland. Surely you don't care about the NFL, the, the Chiefs and the 49ers. Where did you see this commercial, Jamie? Well, yeah. So, I mean, first things first, right? I've been to America on a couple of time, uh, occasions and everyone there claims to be from here. So for me to go the other way and, uh, and adopt your culture, I mean, it's functionally my culture, right? Because all of you guys think you're Irish. Uh, you all check if I know John <laughs> from Dublin whenever I'm there, which if I'm honest, half the time I do. Um, so uh, that's, that's part of it. No, I actually, I'm a big NFL fan. NFL's big here. Uh, we, we play rugby. I grew up playing rugby. A lot of the rugby guys also end up enjoying NFL, not really to play. There's not a lot of opportunities to play, but as a sport to watch, uh, we enjoy it. So I've been following the NFL for, I actually got into college football first on a trip to Alabama, who obviously a very good college team. Um, so I happened to be out there and saw a college game, not, not, uh, I didn't go to the, to the game, but I saw it on a plane and everybody was watching Alabama destroy LSU. And I was like, I love this sport. This is a great sport. <laughs> so I've been into it for a long time. Um, 
so yeah, so I was I was following the the Super Bowl. Um, I didn't actually fo- manage to follow it live; it was too late. But I I carved out space the next morning to watch it nice and early, uh, without knowing the result. Um, but yeah, so so I, so I'm in I'm in the the Super Bowl NFL sphere and thoroughly enjoy it. And obviously, then being uh, on Twitter and you know uh, in the Christian sphere, this ad was the talking point for. Christians after the game, so both of those things combining, I I had seen it and was equally as concerned and and as as um, perturbed by it as a lot of you guys would have been. Yeah, yeah, and I was just asking normal people who, like I said, and they could tell. And so I want to at least talk about what was going on just for the listener. I I thought about doing something cool like you do on your YouTube channel, like playing a video or something, but. Uh, I'm just going to talk about it because for podcast, if you're just listening, uh, there, there are no words. There's just pictures on a screen. And from what I can tell, this is not AI. This is an, a photo- photographer who staged these scenes. Um, and so these are pictures of you've got one of what what appears to be uh, immigrants, migrants, illegal aliens, whatever, whatever they might be coming off a bus and somebody washing their feet. You've got um, protesters, pro-life protesters outside an abortion mill. Um, of course, they've renamed the abortion mill into a family planning center, whatever. And uh, the person, the assumption, of course, is that the person that is getting their feet washed is going in to get an abortion. And so you've got all these kind of uh, things. And then it ends with what appears to be a priest washing the feet of what appears to be um, somebody who's gay or transgender. And so it's a very subversive. And of course, you know, for most Christians they are going, well, yeah, like that's a very one sided view of of that and it ends with jesus did not preach hate or didn't preach hate he washed feet and that's like the culmination of the song and they promote you to go to their website and on their website if you go ask can i find a transgender friendly church they will say yes and it's all data mining they're scraping your data if you sign up and so this is not uh, helpful for the cause of Christ, I would say. But when you saw this commercial, what stood out to you as maybe disturbing or something that missed the mark? Yeah, um, I think I think actually one of my first thoughts on this is that Christians need to trust the ick factor. You know, when when you get when you get the ick factor and you go, this doesn't sit right. Which I think so. I saw the previous year's one, similar, like not not as bad, but as you said, kind of like oh that there's what's there's something off. And sometimes Christians don't even feel like they can articulate what is off. And often they're told by the big Eva, um, you know, know what, you know, uh, whatever you call it, the, the, the boffins, you know, that, that know everything that no, 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 this is good. And let's, let's, you know, and the, they'll, they'll give all the reasons for why. And, uh, but, the, but there's something about a gut reaction that I think Christians should, should have. And you could argue that that's even the Holy Spirit within you, you know, uh, going, yeah, there's something off here. Um, for, for me, obviously, yeah, the, the big problem with it was that it functioned as a stamp of approval, a Christian, a, 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 say, let's say Jesus stamp of approval on all of our days, societal proclivities, mores and unultimately sins right so there were sins mixed in there with non-sin things you you might say so some of those issues 
you know, it wouldn't wouldn't be sin. I'm trying to remember all of them off the top of my head, but some some of them are you know just people, and that's okay. You know that, that there's nothing wrong with you know uh, it was a, a policeman washing a, a black guy's feet, and I mean there's no obvious sin involved. But then you have the abortion one, and you have the the sexuality issues there, as you said, the the guy who's either clearly gay or or trans, right? Um, and and the message that I think the average person now. I'm sure someone could try to find a way being very smart and saying, well, it's not actually saying that if you look six layers deep, you know, it's really saying this instead. But the obvious message that I think everybody watching it would have taken away was, no, Jesus approves. Jesus, Jesus stands by your lifestyle and your sins. And anybody who disapproves is preaching hate. And of course, that is... Firstly, well, firstly, Jesus doesn't approve, but also those that do say and call people to repentance, that is not preaching hate. That, that is an act of love. Now, it can be done. You, you, you can preach a, a, con, a message of condemnation. You can preach a message to, to people that are in sin that does not offer the gospel, that merely condemns. But to say that, or to imply, which this clearly does imply, that to disagree with the sins of our age is hate is the opposite of the gospel. Like, like that, that is not the gospel. The gospel is not come and stay as you are. It just that that isn't the message, which seems to be the message that was portrayed and would have been to any reasonable viewer. So I'm sure there will be people that have found a way to try and make it sound better than that. But I think that, that the average Christian watching that is getting that sense. I think even the average non-Christian watching that is getting that sense. And so that's, that's, that's how it uh, should be viewed as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And the, uh, the interesting thing about it, you know, it, it's, we're not assessing necessarily the motives of these people involved. I highlighted the people that are involved. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily about the motives. In fact, I would even say they kind of got duped uh, by these people that are promoting this, but the they often talk about it as a pre-evangelistic method it's pre-evangelism it's to get people interested and they would always say the real jesus and the challenging thing as a pastor let's say that actually happens well then they come to your church and then you just teach what the bible teaches and it's going to be radically different than their conception which is a like you mentioned a reasonable assumption of the message they got from that video because as, as soon as we stand up and say something about you know, marriage or sexuality or abortion or any of those issues or, or even immigration, then they're going to be like, oh, they're just haters. I need to go find one that's accepting. And so uh, mm -hmm. it's an interesting thing. One thing that a friend talked to me about, Jamie, and it's a, you could read it subversively, is that and they didn't I'm not suggesting this. This is almost a postmodern take. So, you know, take it for what it is. They obviously intended to kind of baptize these sins, to endorse them, to say this is legitimate and your condemnation is wrong. But if you understand foot washing, the reason people get their feet washed is because they're sinners, is because they need right. to be cleansed from their sins. And so if you actually understand what foot washing is intended to do, which Jesus washed his, his disciples' feet, those who followed him, even one that walked away, Judas, who ended up betraying Jesus, uh, going to hell. Um, if you understand the theological importance of the foot washing act that Jesus performed on his disciples, and what he said was, 
It's because you, you, you need to be cl wholly clean. You need to be cleansed from your sins. The subversive reading of the He Gets Us commercial would be, they've just highlighted all the people that need to be cleansed from their sins, which is a wildly offensive message. But I don't think that's, uh, I mean, I, I, I can't suggest that I can read that as a good faith interpretation. Um, yeah. I, I'm assuming you would agree with me on that. That is some. If they if they meant that, that is 4D chess. That is incredible. <laughs> that is that is that is. It was the the gospel message was so subtle that none of us saw it in there except for this one guy uh, that you were talking to. <laughs> hey, do you know what? It's uh, like like I actually I, to be honest, I had someone else uh, that I was chatting to today. I've I've had a, a couple of people reach out for interviews. So I've done a, done a couple of these, um, but um, th they actually had had heard notice that that could be read that way i just don't think that that a normal person watching that including the overwhelming majority of christians and seeming seemingly that was the case from the the response of people would read it that way i don't yeah i don't think it's a good faith interpretation it's the it's the um the sort of the the most convoluted way of getting to that <laughs> message that you possibly could and so um yeah that yeah I, I i couldn't accept that as being as being what they realistically <laughs> intended to say right yeah the uh so after this aired you know i was talking with friends about it obviously i sent out my own tweets <laughs> it turns out he the he and he gets us is satan you know so i have some strong opinions on the on the video <laughs> um and so um you know i'm wondering what what inspired you because i was telling my friends you know what? Like, first of all, it's not wrong to invest money in order to promote the cause of Christ. You can, we could debate whether that money is being used well all day long. Okay. But people are going to invest money to try to promote the Christian message, the gospel that Jesus saves. Um, so that's not the problem. The problem is that they're promoting a twisted gospel, uh, not even a gospel. It's an anti-gospel. It's a different gospel completely. And I was like, what would it look like if we, instead of just complaining about it, created something better? Like we showed them how easy it is. And sure enough, I wake up and you've posted this video. And so I'm wondering what, what was in your head when you were like, you know what, I'm going to sit down. And it's, I think it took what, an hour to make this. What inspired you to go, mm -hmm. I'm going to make one of my own. Why did you do it? Yeah. Um, well, obviously I was, I was grieved by the, by the advert that they produced. So, so I'd had it in my head. I was like, I'd like to do something about it. Obviously. So uh, as we discussed, you know, I have a, a a smallish YouTube channel and and a, a couple of thousand people follow me on X. So you know, you know, I, was, I thought it'd be nice to do something about it. And I'd actually been I'd been praying um, on the in, on it was Monday morning. I've been praying actually after watching finishing watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, I was praying. I was praying about the channel and you know had some videos that I put a lot of work into. I had one that I put a ton of work into that just didn't go anywhere. I was praying like God, I'd love an idea to like you know uh, something that, that will resonate and you know see, seeking God for some leading and guidance. And then as anyone who's seeking God's leading and guidance did, I went on Twitter, um, which uh, <laughs> and. Um, Josh Dawes, who um, you may know from Twitter, uh, runs a, a podcast as well, and, and I've chatted with him before. He had said it would be great if someone did a, you know, we're, we're a creative bunch. Let's do something better. Let's try and make something better. 
uh, and I was immediately, I, I'd seen it like a minute after he posted it. And I was like, oh, like, that's it. Like, I should definitely do something. And then actually just after that, I was like, I was like, oh, that's, that's a, feels like a real answer to prayer. Just a little idea. And then he tagged me in a comment underneath it saying that, Jamie Bambrick, you would do this well. You, and I was like, actually, I've got a plan. So took a little bit of time just to think. And yeah, to be honest, it just felt, you know, I was, it was like prayerful thinking, if you know what I mean. Like, you, you know what I mean? You know, where you're like, God, is this you? And I, I just had this idea of, I wanted to do it that it was very clearly, t- like, I would argue it's almost like a, a non uh, comedic parody, where it's like, this is it's very similar. It's intentionally very similar because I wanted to show what they could have done with it, but with a message that's better. And yep, just so just had that idea of, oh, here's some categories of people. And I knew some of those stories in advance. So I'd done a video which had talked about um, Josh Timonen, who was Richard Dawkins' right-hand guy before. So I'd done one where I'd referenced him. And I, I know the story of Jeff Durbin from Apologia Church. And so, so I started to think through some categories. And then there was some other, it was just a little bit of Googling, basically, to sort of find some other stories out there of people that had had various, various lifestyles um, and a broad range so that it wasn't, because I didn't actually, the intent behind it is not to make a sort of political point. That, well, it's amazing that their ad turned out to be incredibly political. And mine actually, I think, is less political because it actually, you know, there's a KKK guy who comes to faith, which would be considered, you know, far right, you would say. Um and uh, yeah, so so had those categories, and yeah, then I just was like, right, find some images. I had the, you know, the little bit of text, the former thing, and yeah, I mean, it was it was very simple to put together. That it was not not difficult to do. So um, yeah, I, I did feel I felt a sense of leading in it without without blowing that up to be something that it was in any way more dramatic than it was, but. Um, yeah, it turned out that it really did did resonate. So yeah, praise God. Yeah, amen. And uh, you know, I guess my question would be: Is uh, you know, are you getting the fourteen million dollars as well to produce this ad campaign, or you know, who's funding Jamie to make these videos that are so contrarian and non sarcastic? Sarcastic. This is just you doing this in your free time. You putting together a slideshow. That's all it is. Do you know, I, uh, I don't get out of bed for less than $20 million. That's my rule. So, you know, that's uh, as, as you can imagine. No, I, I made this for free. Uh, I put zero money into it. Uh, so it depends how, how highly you value my time as to what my contribution would be. But um, the one hour of work that it took to do was, uh, I think, well spent. So it, it, it is incredible. I mean, it does it does blow my mind. Obviously, some of that money was spent on the the slot, like, you know, so some of that money was spent on actually getting the airtime. And I think, I think Super Bowl ads go for like a million dollars for 30 seconds or something like that. Um, so let's say 2 million was spent on the, the actual airtime. What did they spend the rest of the money on? It's, it's a very simple, I mean, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't rocket science. And the fact is that, well, not like, not only is the I, I believe the message obviously is better of of w- what I've made and that was why I made it right, but the story is better. Yeah. I mean, the stories of what Jesus has done in people's lives is dramatically compelling. It's it is glorious. You know how God saves people from all over the map, every sin you can think of, and brings them into you know not just 
eternal salvation, but seeing that then play out in their lives as well, where they're being set free and sanctified and restored. And, and you know, so, so that's a story that we can tell. I, I'm, I believe in storytelling. I believe in, in, you know, trying to get compelling things across quickly. Um, but, but we have like real stories to tell and, and there are plenty of them. So yeah, for, for me, it was, it was, it was amazing that they managed to spend that much money and have something fall that flat. I was, I was, I'm surprised. And it's cause it really isn't that hard to do. Um, I, I, I do not, not claim to be some sort of marketing. I, I'm not, I'm not in marketing, right. I am like a pastor from a smallish, you know, church and, uh, you know, I have a smallish YouTube channel. It wasn't some, it wasn't some genius strategy behind it, but you put something out there that God's done and suddenly it's a good story. Amen. Yeah. And that's, what's wild. You know, I think a lot of the money gets tied up in the, uh, the actual website management, the, you know, the, right. the data mining, the emailing, the, all the stuff uh, to create this. But when you just promote the gospel and promote uh, stories of life transformation, which every Christian could testify to, um, you know, it, it's amazing how that can go. And so as, as of us recording this, I just checked before uh, we got on air um, on YouTube, it's got 240,000 views and on uh, Twitter or X, it's got 1.8 million views. I'm hoping that we can get it up to 5 million to just to, to beat them at their game. Cause I think he gets us has like 4 million or something. Um, yeah. And so it's obviously gone viral. I'm assuming that's been uh, a, a little overwhelming. I mean, obviously your videos have been popular uh, before, but I, I don't think you've had one that's gone this popular. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I've had, I've had one or two that have done reasonably well. So I had one of my YouTube videos did like 90,000 before I wasn't on X at that point. And then I had a couple on X that got in this sort of hundred, 150, maybe 200,000. So this is, this is 10 times that. Um, yeah, I thought it was, it was, it, it was, it was legitimately stressful, like and it was very, uh, and very positively received. Um, like I, I, barely read a single negative comment i tried to not like sit and read like you could have spent the whole day trying to trying to read every comment and quote tweet and all you know i tried to not do too much but everything i got was really really positive which i praise god for that but um yeah it's 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 a bit nuts because you suddenly have people from all over the map like reaching out and wanting to do interviews and and i i i I put a tweet up i was like i'm happy to do stuff i will do stuff where i where i can so my my kind of thing is like i'll do if it's like if it's like a big platform like i'll try i'll try and do that and also if it's guys that i've like connected with so and you know you know so we have some prior like we've we've interacted on twitter and stuff like that and so those so you know there's been plenty of like smaller channels and stuff and and bless them but i just can't i don't have the time to do everyone so i'll do i'll honor the guys that have like blessed me so far and then one or two of those like big platforms had great um yeah i'm trying to trying to I mean, it's wonderful. The internet will forget about me entirely in like 24 hours, which is great. I am looking forward to that. It will be, <laughs> it will be back to normal and that is fine. Like I prefer it that way. I have no idea how people that actually have big platforms and particularly ones that have big platforms that then get a lot of negative. I do not know how they handle it. Like that has got to be 24 seven stress. Um, it's this, crazy. Is, this has been a, a taste of that in, 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 in the most nice sense possible, but it's been, 
yeah, been a, a bit crazy. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm just, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sort of, I've decided I was prayerfully, I said, I, I was at a prayer meeting with our, with our church and some people were talking about, I said, do you know what I've decided? I've decided to let the fame go to my head. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy a Lamborghini. Um, I haven't made a penny off it. It's not monetized, right? But, you know, I might as well act like the big shot that I know I am. Um, no, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to, um, and any, like you know, it's great. It's great to see the ministry move forward in some ways, and some of the stuff I've been putting out there is going to end up probably getting some traction as a result. Praise God for that. But um, yeah, um, it's not something. If if I was doing this regularly, I wouldn't be doing it for long because it is it is a yeah. crazy um, cycle of of news that you get into and and notifications. It's crazy, man. Yeah, I can barely reply to the people who comment on YouTube enough, uh, just because, um, not because I get that many, even, you know, just even the few that I get, I'm like between all the different responsibilities I have my day to day with children and church and everything else. It's like, it's not really high on the priority. Um, I will plug just for the listener, because I don't think Jamie would promote this himself. I mean, you're fine too, if you want, I I wouldn't blame you, but he does have a Patreon. (laughs) If if you were blessed by the video, I would suggest going and, 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 you know, blessing him, for making this. I mean, obviously it only took an hour, so whatever he's worth for an hour, you know, but, but, you know, you can, you can go and support more of this kind of work. Cause it, it's, it's astounding mm-hmm. when we just make simple gospel proclamation, how much more effective and honoring to Christ. You saw a lot of Christians who disagree on various matters rallying around this message and promoting this video. Um, they can have debates all day long about, you know, anything from Christian nationalism to baptism, uh, but when the when Christ is proclaimed in such a clear and compelling way, um, Christians get it and Christians see it. And so that's why I think a lot of the traction. Uh, two things I wanted to bring up before we kind of wrap up. One, some Christians are still kind of living under this um, idea that if they somehow make both the left and the right mad, that that means they've won. And so a couple of examples of this would be uh, one guy connected to the Hobby Lobby family actually on Twitter mentioned this. He said, we've managed to make the, both the left, and you've seen this, you saw leftist politicians like uh, AOC, or just normal atheists, they look at it and they kind of, they're like, oh, those Christians, they're pandering again, they're whatever, this is stupid, I reject this commercial. But you also saw conservative Christians going like, this is not good. And they're, this guy from Hobby Lobby saying, well, that's fine. That's where I want to be. Or you got Mike Cosper uh, doing the same thing out there on Twitter saying he's made the left. It makes the left and the right upset. Therefore, we're doing a good job. What do you make of this conception of reality? Like, how do you how do you uh, understand this? And what would you say about that? Yeah. This is this is probably going to be my this, this will be the sound by um, answer. It is possible if everybody dislikes what you've done, that what you did was just bad. It, like it's it's possible that you just made something that wasn't good um and you should be open to that possibility 14 million dollars or otherwise um that that is that is that is a scenario um that should be at least explored at least considered um particularly if you spent 14 million dollars on it you should go was that money well spent um right so yeah, I, I, when it comes to the actual, like, because that is a bit of a trope, right? That you have to equally annoy the left and the right. Um, you, you don't, of course you don't. Um, that I think, that, you know, there there is a, a message um, 
that the right needs to hear just as much as the left, wherever you're at on the political spectrum, which is that you need to turn and follow Jesus Christ. But there are also uh, values that are Christian values that, let's be honest, the right more consistently holds to um, that, than the left. So, you know, if you're, and, and they hold to it very imperfectly, and let's not pretend that, you know, Donald Trump's position on abortion is the, the Christian position or something like that, because it isn't. Of course it's not. He's up, well, I think, was it 12 weeks or whatever he says, and the Christian position is no, that's a, that's a baby from conception, and, you know, that, that's when life begins. So, um, but, but nonetheless, if you're, finding, if you're looking for pro-life people, well, they're on the right, and we are slaughtering you know, I don't, I'm not sure of the American sense, but it's but it's in the tens of millions of babies per annum, and the left are advocating that that gets pushed further and further and further, um, openly advocating for that, and 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 that is universal across the globe, right? Where if you're looking for the pro-life people, they tend to be in the more conservative uh, parties, um, you know, and it gets there. There are plenty of conservative parties. So I'm, you know, in the UK, the Conservative Party, which is called the Conservative Party, is is not conservative. But there's the odd pro-lifer in there, and there's none in the Labour Party, the the left wing party. Um, so, no, I don't think you need to equally uh, annoy the right and the left. What you do need to do is stand for the kingdom of God and proclaim the gospel, and let the chips fall where they may, and and sometimes. That's going to mean that, yeah, there's going to be some issues where the right might get a bit annoyed with you. But generally speaking, in our day, the left are going to be the ones that are going to be more offended because the call to repentance is going to challenge more of their values and their lifestyle than than it will the typical right leaning person. Now, there there is within that, of course, a broad spectrum. Um, you know, you have your you'll have your nominal Christians on the right. You'll have various other things uh, and sins that need called out. Um, but yeah, I, I, I reject that entirely as though that should be the standard. Like that wasn't, that, that's not, that's not a biblical standard for have I done a good job here? A good job is no, have you proclaimed the truth? Have you proclaimed the gospel? And if that has, if, if, if the Jews have rejected it, but the Greeks have received it you, and you've proclaimed the gospel, praise God. You don't have to go, well, at least I, I annoyed both sides. You go, no, like, or vice versa, by the way. You know, right. if the yeah. Jews have received it and the Greeks have, you know, it's like, that, that doesn't matter. Did, did you tell the truth? And that's that's the issue with this. The issue is this is that this was not a true gospel presentation. It was a either incredibly flawed or potentially false gospel presentation. And so, no, the fact that the left and the right are annoyed proves nothing, proves nothing at all and, and shouldn't be our standard. Agreed. And And I'm saying this, I agree with you. And I'm saying this is someone who probably held to that false standard for a while in ministry when we planted our church. I mean, that was kind of, it's in the water. It's uh, in, especially in the American evangelical mind and church planners, young ministers, it, it's kind of a, a standard that is held over their head as if that's a good thing. And, and I think it needs to be disposed of. And like you have done, laughed at completely because it's not a biblical standard. Um, and that's what we do with non-biblical standards, we laugh at them. We we show that they're not true, yeah. and then we point back to Christ. Uh, some people have highlighted, you know, and whether it's a verse uh, that's so ubiquitous in our culture, like don't judge, or even more pointedly in Philippians 1, 
where Paul's talking about uh, to the church. And there's people that are preaching the gospel out of uh, envy or rivalry, perhaps, um, and others from goodwill. And they're wondering what they should do about it. And Paul replies, uh, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I rejoice. I think what you just said pertains to this, because if they're promoting a non-gospel, an anti-gospel, that would be that would fall under a different category of Paul's teaching um, or biblical teaching altogether. Where if anyone comes to you promoting a different gospel, let them be accursed. And that that's right. what I'm seeing with this stuff. And that's why I'm willing to be, um, you know, I've tried I've tried to be wise and mature in my Twitter, believe it or not. But on this particular matter, I am I am totally willing to go to the mat on that because I see it is a different gospel. It, it, they're preaching a gospel which is sanctifying, trying to make holy that which is not holy. Unless, of course, you use the subversive reading we mentioned earlier. But like you and I said, that's un, unfathomable for a reasonable pers- person to conclude from the video that they're trying to be offensive. They're trying to endorse the sins of our age. Is that how you would kind of respond to that criticism as well? Yeah, absolutely. I would take take that exact line. That was the verse that came into my head when you were saying that is, you know, if, if someone comes preaching another gospel, let them be anathema. So I, I can picture a scenario um, where someone could watch this, get an interest in Jesus in some fashion and find a, a good church and come to faith. And this video was was the starting point of that. And I would absolutely praise God for that. But I can also picture a scenario where, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses come to your door, mention the name of Jesus. You then find, you Google, oh, I'm interested in Jesus. Oh, here's a church. And it turns out to be an actual church. And so, and and they get genuinely saved and, and come to, to Jesus, not the Jehovah's Witness version thereof, right? The, the true Jesus. So, so you know, I, I, if someone were to tell me a story that because so many people have seen this, that, yeah, lots of people happen to even come to true faith through it, it wouldn't particularly surprise me. But but the gospel that is presented in this is so, to use a strong term, it's so bastardized, it's so, it's so corrupted that the saving power is not going to be found in that. It might lead them to to finding that elsewhere, opening their Bible, you know, listening to a podcast or whatever. It could it could potentially do that. But this message alone, I don't think will 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 bring salvation um to, to people. You know, God God could God could do wonderful things uh, even even with this, but that does not mean that the message in this is the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, and then going back, I mean just the the tactic in the video is so popular today, the punch right, coddle left kind of attitude that's pervasive in the kind of big Eva spheres of influence that it makes our job as pastors who are pastors at churches of no renown, smaller churches. And now when we're witnessing and when we're testifying to the claims of Christ, we're trying to pass down the faith. We're trying to stand for Christian uh, truth in the public square now what they've done is they've made us out to be haters to the world. And so it it's not only um, bad content, but it makes our job that much harder. Uh, to the degree that this $14 million was used, it was used to make Christians who are uh, Christians, like standing on God's word on these key issues in our day, it made them look like haters. 
according to the world standards. They, they endorsed the world standards of hate and then made conservative Christians out to be those haters. And so that makes mm. our job harder yeah. as we're in context where the world is pushing against us, pressing down on us, persecuting us, slandering us, all that kind of stuff. And it comes from our own team. It comes from our own yeah, people right. where they're giving money to promote this message. And I, that's just why it animates me in such a visceral way, uh, because it, it's just that destructive uh, to people's souls. Um, and, yeah. and so I don't yeah. know if you would add anything to that as far as your context. Yeah, but that's yeah, what I've, no, I've just, sensed. Yeah, no, uh, as you were talking there, it sort of dawned on me or or, or perhaps uh, the thought came into my head anyway that, that you know, this this is fourteen million dollars worth of slander on Bible believing Christians. Really, you know, that's that's really what this is doing. You know, for for all intents and purposes, average person watching this is going, "Yeah, Bible believing Christians are the bad guys," endorsed by Christians and Jesus, uh, 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 as far as they would see it. So, you know, that's that's something that. Um, They'll they'll need to stand before God for and and uh, that's that's not a good that's not a good thing to have done. Um, I, I think I think they should obviously reconsider and and yeah, uh, a, a big big misstep. And and even if it was even if it was well intentioned, I think it is important what you said. I think there's probably well intentioned people behind this. I'm sure, some of them are are great people. I don't like to impute motive because I don't know their hearts. But if you look at what this has actually done. It it has, um, yeah. It's it's it. You're absolutely right. This is this is going to have an on the ground effect for churches that are standing for truth and making that job actually harder. So, um, yeah, to call that pre evangelism is is a very uh, misleading term. It's it's almost the opposite. It's making the ground harder rather than softer. Amen. Well, Jamie, I just want to thank you personally for the video. Thank you for making it. Thank you for doing what needed to be done. Uh, uh, devoting an hour of your time. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's an honor to have talked with you and to hear your thoughts. And, uh, you know, I want to make sure people can continue to follow you. So is there somewhere where I can direct people to, to subscribe or anything like that so that they can make sure to stay up to date with your ministry and other content you produce? Sure. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate your work um, and your story and I've listened to it. It's, it's great stuff. So yeah, thank you for that. I really do. Uh, appreciate that coming from you. Um, yeah, people can check me out. Uh, just look for my name. So I, I, I'm going to have to say it Americanly because if I say Jamie Bambrick, everyone's going to think it's that Jimmy. J Jamie Bambrick. Search that on Twitter. Search it on YouTube. That's where I post my stuff. Please don't. I've had I've had several hundred people try to become friends with me on Instagram. Please don't. Uh, I don't. I don't use Instagram for anything other than like an annual family photo for friends. So I am not a good follow on there and I will not be accepting those. Um, but uh, yeah, YouTube, YouTube and X slash Twitter is great. And uh, yeah, been been blessed by those who have, have seen it and, and have subscribed and followed. It's wonderful to, to see. And I'm glad that, that I'm um, hopefully putting some uh, words into into what people were feeling about that and if I can do that again for some other stuff praise God Amen brother well thank you so much for coming on the show today thank you thank you for having me I appreciate it and if you're a listener and I know Jamie won't do this so I'm going to do it for him go sign up on his Patreon bless Jamie for his work um, I've also got a Patreon uh, you don't have to sign up on that today go sign up on Jamie support him bless him uh, and may his tribe increase may he be blessed may his church be blessed 
and may, uh, may God save Ireland. So thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you next time.